At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Femi Abebefe filling in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. All-star game, top of the eighth, still three to two. Uh, we've got relievers just pumping cheddar right now. <laughs> but, but my guy Julio's at the plate, though. Big spot. We'll see if, oh, uh, it looks who, like he's going to pop that fly out. Popped out to right field, so that'll do it for the top of the eighth inning. To the bottom of the eighth, we go with the National League leading, or excuse me, trailing three to two. Uh, and that total uh, was seven and a half, and uh, looks like well, it's early. We don't want to mush anybody, but sun could be setting on the over. Oh, nice! See what <laughs> you, you did that? there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looks like your live line AL minus three hundred, NL plus two thirty five at DraftKings right now. Uh, the total did close at seven and a half, so uh, it is. Uh, it has been smooth sailing for the American League since the first inning. Shane uh, McClanahan. He had about two runs in that first, and then since then, the bullpen has been tremendous for the American League. Uh, Manoa, Valdez, Blackburn, Perez, Cortez, Lopez, and uh, most recently Soto getting that final uh, final out of the seventh. So to the bottom of the eighth we go. Three to two is the score. American League leading, and they are in-game favorites, minus $3 uh, at DraftKings, plus 235 if you like the National League. Well, we're going to continue our summer conditioning, and today mm-hmm. we stick with the NFC West. Yesterday was the Seahawks. Tonight, the San Francisco 49ers. And Femi, this is a team that really um, was quite close to making it back to the Super Bowl um, before you know faltering down the stretch to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they went 10-7 and last year. Jimmy Garoppolo... Surgery in the offseason, still on that roster. Um, really, when you look at this 49ers team entering this year, a lot of it just revolves around what do you expect from Trey Lance? Is this definitely his job? I tend to believe so. Mm-hmm. But when you look at San Francisco, you know they, they to me, are one of the most intriguing teams uh, in the NFC this year because we just don't know what to expect from the quarterback position. 
Well, I'll tell you, if it's not Trey Lance's job, then John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan should be fired. <laughs> like, just to be quite honest. Like, you don't give up All those assets. All the draft assets. capital they yeah. gave up, yep. Yeah, you cannot give up those assets and he's and coming off of guy. surgery, and he's I think he is throwing now. Yes. But, I mean, it, it's not like he's been full-on returned. So, yeah, that is uh, certainly something there. And I, and I think the 2022 discussion about the 49ers can't happen unless you kind of talk about the missed opportunity in 2021 yeah. of not – playing Trey Lance and seeing what you had in him. And I know he started a couple games because Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, shockingly enough. Um, so I think the fact that they missed that opportunity to actually play him makes this an interesting handicap because we just don't know what to expect from Trey Lance. It's one of the reasons why, like, when you look at their win total of sitting at 10, 10 and a half, or whatever that is, I would never bet that. I wouldn't bet that with your money just because it could be a wide range of outcomes. They could be Super Bowl favorites by November. They could be almost picking in the top 10 by that time as well. To me, it's just based on what are we to expect from Trey Lance. And the thing about Trey Lance is he hasn't played regular football a full season since 2019. They had the one game with North Dakota State in yep. the 2020 season, which was like the, the Trey Lance game. showcase yep. game. And then he sits all of last year. So we he's gone so much time without playing an actual game football. Now, if... Kyle Shanahan commits to him and they change the offense to fit Trey Lance and not long, no longer fit the Jimmy Garoppolo's or the Matt Ryan's or the Brian Hoyer's of the past that he's had at quarterback, then maybe this thing can really pop because that roster is still ready-made and ready to go. But right now when you see their win total, that's kind of around what it would be like if Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. I don't think you can bet into that just because we don't know what Lance is capable of. To me, if you're a buyer of Trey Lance – I think it's bet him to win the NFC, bet him to win the Super Bowl, because if he's good, they're going to be that good, and they're going to be right up there with the Rams, right up there with the Buccaneers once again in the NFC. If he's bad, maybe you bet him to maybe be in third place in the division or last place if you can find some of those creative props that pay out some pretty good plus money prices. Miss the playoffs plus 175. I think I'd even want something bigger than that, to be quite honest, if Trey Lance isn't good, because this whole thing can really fall apart. But it's just the uncertainty, I think, opens up so many opportunities and so many possibilities for this 49ers team, and it's based around the most important position. Yeah, Trey Lance uh, last year uh, played in six games, started two, as you alluded to, uh, Femi. Um, you know, 10 and 7 last year were the uh, 49ers. Yeah, that roster is, is pretty loaded, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you look up and down. Now, they didn't have a first-round pick because they traded up uh, to get Trey Lance a year ago in the NFL draft, but... Um, you know, Debo Samuel's still there despite all the rumors that he would be shipped out. Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, he spent a third-round pick on uh, on a wide receiver as well. The offensive line, you've got one of the best, if not the best, left tackle in the game in Trent Williams. Uh, Mike McGlinchey on the right side, so a strong offensive line. Uh, George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the game. They do lose uh, Raheem Mostert as he goes to Miami. Elijah Mitchell uh, is kind of the main guy there with Jeff Wilson uh, spying a little bit. So, yeah, it's it all comes down to the quarterback, and you know how much do you trust in Kyle Shanahan? I mean, he is thought to be and is kind of proven to be one of the more brighter minds, and he'll let you know that uh, when it comes to you know crafting offenses. But you know, with that being said, I certainly saw him you know firsthand in 2012 craft and uh, create a a very unique offense, one that made Robert Griffin III shine like he's never shined before and won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, the league has certainly adapted, right? That kind of was, as as was deemed for a radio show, the radio station I worked for, uh, shock and awe. Like, we, no one knew that was coming. So can he craft an offense 
that accentuates the Trey Lance positives enough to exceed expectations and to get them to, you know, high, you know, high marks. I, I think what you said was interesting, though, which is if you think that 49ers are going to exceed the 10 and a half wins, you know, maybe you go a little more in. Maybe you go to yeah. win the NFC. You know, that might be the route to go because, look, last year they were right there with an opportunity to win the NFC mm-hmm. and kind of fell apart there in the NFC Championship game. So I think that's what I would look at if if I were to bet the 49ers. Uh, I wouldn't mess around with the win total. I would say maybe take a bit of a, a flyer yeah. on them to win the NFC. That's the only way I think you can bet this team just because of the unknown, and the unknown is Trey Lance. Now it's interesting because – Now's around the time of the year till we start to hear the glowing quotes, the mm-hmm. glowing remarks from teammates. Uh, you already saw Fred Warner talking about Trey Lance earlier this week. I believe that was to Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk, or might have been maybe they aggregated that from a different outlet or whatever. But Warner, which is the leader on the defense, was saying, this guy is mature. He comes in. He loves football. He's working hard. We believe in Trey Lance. Robbie Gold, the kicker, has said that we believe in Trey Lance. Everyone has said glowing things. Jerry Rice the, like probably the best 49er of all time said, I was th- p- catching passes from Trey Lance. This guy is going to be legit. So they're saying all the right things. And I'm sure we'll, once training camp starts, we'll hear that, wow, Lance was throwing dimes in red zone and he was doing this on this day and all this stuff. But we have to see it on the field. And that to me is going to be the uncertainty around this team is that what does he look like when the bullets are live and it's no longer the kind of, uh, I guess, curated situation of a practice to where you can look good and things are not coming at you live. You can't hit the quarterback and all those things. So to me, I'm just really interested to see what this looks like. I'm keeping an open mind with Trey Lance and this 49ers team because I've said it his grade last year. People said, oh, what, what do you, how do you think he played? I said it's an incomplete grade because he didn't play enough. I, can't, I don't think you can say he played bad. I don't think you said he played well. He just didn't play enough. So the fact that he's incomplete, it's kind of like a blank slate. It's year two, but it's technically year one for Trey Lance here. So keep an open mind when you think about the 49ers. They could be Super Bowl good. They could also miss the playoffs. I think everything is on the table. Yeah, and then I think Debo Samuel is another kind of interesting wrinkle, right? He mm-hmm. has outwardly you know, wanted to trade, doesn't love the fact that he's being utilized as a running back as much as he was last year. We just showed you the stats. I mean, he rushed for over 350 yards. So he was, he was the Swiss Army knife. And he wants to make sure, and I kind of understand where he's coming from, yeah. he wants to protect himself. He sees how much wide receivers are getting paid right now, and he doesn't you know, want to uh, take the extra nicks and nacks. Do you expect the same type of production? Because at the end of the season last year, Femi, it was the Debo show. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing everything for them, running, catching. I mean, he almost said, I think he had almost around 1,800 total yards last year uh, between you know his his running capabilities and pass catching. So for you, when you look at Debo Samuel and you know the expectations for him, and we'll get to some of the you know the over unders, but receiving yards is nine fifty, uh, touchdowns is six and a half. I mean, last year he had fourteen hundred yards receiving. I mean, he was he was the main go to guy for Debo Samuel. Do you expect any drop off from Samuel this year, considering that this offseason has? has been a bit bumpy there for him and this organization. I think we'll see a drop-off in the rushing yards just because he's been vocal about that. And also, the 49ers, they know how valuable he is. John Lynch has been on the record saying, we absolutely love Debo. He's probably their most important offensive player outside of the quarterback position. Yeah. So I think the rushing yards dips. The receiving yards, 
I don't think it's going to be around that 1,400. Maybe that dips as well. Maybe it's 1,000, 1,100 or so. But the rushing yards, I think, is the one that really dips because Trey Lance opens things up in the run game. Not only can he run, but that also helps out with the running backs as well. So maybe you get a year for an Elijah Mitchell to be really good and really be productive on the ground there. So I think Lance just allows him to do different things from a rushing standpoint, especially in the red zone as well, to where maybe they don't need to rely on Debo being that ball carrier and also being their best receiver as well. Yeah, uh, so we will see. We can ask all this uh, to Jennifer Lee Chan. She will join us in just a little bit, the 49ers beat reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, just a quick update, a pitching change in uh, in the All-Star game. Still 3-2, to two, two outs in the All-Star game in the bottom of the eighth. American League leading the NL 3-2 to two remains the score. That's Femi Abebefe. I'm Tim Murray. Jennifer Lee Chan. More 49ers talk next right here on Visa. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare network It is a nightcap here on VSIN. We are headed to the ninth inning in the All Star game. Three to two is the score as the American League uh, gets out of a potential jam there in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, so we are headed to the ninth. Three to two is the score. Remember, total was seven and a half entering this game. Well, let's continue our summer conditioning with the San Francisco. 49ers and uh, let's head out to the Bay Area and welcome in Jennifer Lee Chan who covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area Jennifer I you know where we're going first the quarterback position Trey Lance um and Femi alluded to it in our previous segment you know the superlatives are starting to come out from the teammates you know what have they been saying about Trey so far this offseason I mean, everybody says that he's ready to take over. He has seemed more comfortable in front of us, more comfortable behind center, and took all those first reps during OTAs and minicamp. So really, I mean, that's what he was wanting to do last year but didn't get to, but except for, you know, maybe two weeks. But, uh, you know, I think he's set up for success. He's got a great head coach who's an offensive mastermind who's able to set him up in situations where he's going to have all of his strengths at his disposal. And I think that he's got a ton of skilled players around him that's only going to help him get better. 
Jennifer, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year it felt like in the two starts that Trey Lance had, it felt like he was kind of running more of the Jimmy Garoppolo offense. Should we expect that this offense in 2022 should be more tailored to Trey Lance and the Niners maybe show some stuff that they didn't show a year ago? I mean, that's a possibility, but I mean, the thing that Trey Lance does is that he's mobile behind the line. So while he can use his legs and run, which is something that is, you know, we saw him do when he was with the 49ers, he is able to kind of move around in the pocket a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So it does buy him extra time. I think that's more of a key than actually scheming towards his mobility. So I think they want him to be successful in the pocket first because they already know that he can run. So while he can do that, I think that he's going to be set up to be like developing his skill set as a pocket passer, but then he can use those legs as he needs to for bonus yards. We're talking once again to Jennifer Lee Chan, who covers the 49ers. She's the beat reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, Jennifer, what is the latest with Jimmy Garoppolo? And, you know, is there an, an awkward situation brewing if he's on this roster, you know, come, well, training camp's a week away, so it certainly seems like he will be on the roster come training camp. Yeah, he is still on the roster. Now, Ian Rappaport on NFL Network reported that he's been throwing for a couple of weeks, but he's not throwing a lot. So he's not going to be fully medically cleared until about mid-August, which means that Trey Lance will be the number one. He's going to take all those reps. Jimmy probably, I would think, would be excused from training camp at this point while he rehabs with his own guys, which is what I think is going to happen. But yes, I think after he gets cleared, fully cleared to throw, then maybe trade interest will pick up again and he could find himself on another roster. But, you know, he's a guy who's loved in that building. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me if he came back in some sort of fashion with the 49ers because they know him, they love him. He's a great leader. And everybody thought that last year was they were set up for a total disaster at quarterback with the incumbent behind. And really, it couldn't have gone smoother, right? Jimmy Garoppolo knew his place as a starter. Trey Lance was learning underneath him. And it was really a perfect situation for everybody. Of course, he said after the season that he wouldn't wish that upon his worst enemy. But really, he took advantage of the whole situation, and they made it deep into the playoffs. Jennifer Duell, do you think this is a situation where Jimmy would want to come back to the team, or do you think that he and the team can work out some sort of trade before the season starts? I mean, I think his preference would be to have his own team and be the starter of that. But, you know, you look at where everybody, all the teams, all 32 teams are, you know, what happens in Cleveland is a huge question mark. So that may be a difference maker. When does Deshaun Watson, the decision on Deshaun Watson come out? How many games is he suspended for, if he is at all? What's the tipping point? You know, if he's suspended for nine games or more, then do they go for Jimmy Garoppolo? If he's only suspended for four to six, then do they stick with Jacoby Brissett? So that's kind of the big factor there. Other teams that could be interested in him, maybe the Seahawks, but I doubt it. Maybe the Houston Texans. Um, but honestly, I don't think he wants to be back in the 49ers locker room. But, you know, if that's a place where he's going to flourish and he knows the system and he knows the players, Maybe that's where he does stay for this year, but I have no idea. We haven't spoken to him. George Kittle hasn't even spoken to him since they cleared up their lockers back in February. So your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) It is George Kittle's at this point. Jennifer, uh, at NBCS49ers, where you work, NBC Sports Bay Area, tweeted out earlier today a a video or some uh, Instagram post from Debo Samuel's trainer about (laughs) saying he's about to get paid. So... 
Is that Debo Samuel contract extension coming? Because certainly it felt like this offseason around the, the, around the draft, all the speculation was that Debo could be on the move. Yeah, he's under contract for another year. And honestly, I think there was a little rush to uh, what came to be earlier in the offseason. The 49ers historically have gotten extensions done with their young players closer to training camp, which is right about now, maybe next next week. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be, you know, how they determine what the extension is going to be. So is it three years? Is it four years? Is it five years? He's a guy who seeks contact on the field. So do they hedge their bet and only offer him three years? You know, you look at the other guys who were extended and got big deals like Devontae Adams and, you know, those guys, they got five-year deals. So, you know, it's kind of where they find their middle ground, where they reach an agreement on what is agreeable for both parties. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I honestly think that a deal eventually gets done. They're not going to hold out. They're not going to franchise tag him. But I also don't expect him to be on the field come next week. He has not been in team drills at all during minicamp and OTAs. So I think him showing up is a good sign. But I think we'll see him doing work with the trainers individually, maybe position drills. But I don't think we see him on the field doing team drills at all through training camp. Well, another guy that's due to get paid, Jennifer, is Nick Bosa, who last year was coming off of the ACL injury that he suffered in 2020, got back to his elite status here. But it almost feels like to me that he's still a little underrated. I was looking at the defensive player of the year odds, and Bosa right now is 15-1 to behind Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, and Micah Parsons. Should we expect Bosa to even elevate on the play that he had a year ago now that he's two years removed from that injury? I would think so. I mean, he's one of the guys that I thought would have. I mean, I don't know if you can call it a breakout season, but he spent the entire offseason just working out. So he didn't have to rehab, which every player that you've talked to that has come back from a major injury has talked about that next season, how nice it is to not have to worry about that body part, whatever was injured, the injury. So I think he is just going to come back ready. And, you know, he's very quiet about what, people say about him, you know, what he hears people saying about him, but you know, he hears and sees everything, reads everything. So the Madden ratings that came out, you know, all those things, that's just skill for his fire. And I think that with the guys that are going to be on the opposite end of the defensive line, you have Samson, Ebukam, their number, uh, their second round draft pick, Drake Jackson. Uh, you've got so many different players that can take over on the other side they can't double-team everybody. So I think it's going to be a great year for him as long as he stays healthy, which I know he has spent the entire offseason doing. He's one of those guys that John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan don't worry about at all during the offseason. They know he doesn't come to the facility, but they completely are comfortable with that because they know he's taking care of business down in Florida. Talk once again to Jennifer Lee Chan, who covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, Jennifer, this was a team that was, you know, a quarter away from going back to the Super Bowl and you know things fell apart in that fourth quarter in Los Angeles last January. When you look at the roster now and with Trey Lance likely taking over at the quarterback position, uh, do you feel like this team is primed again to be in a similar situation that they were in last year with you know being on the doorstep of a Super Bowl appearance? I mean, they have potential to do that, but they also play the AFC West this year, which is, I think, the toughest division in the league with all the talent that went to that group. Uh, So it's going to be difficult. And Trey Lance, 
as his first year as a starter is going to have some ups and some downs. So it's just going to kind of depend on where those ups and downs are, how long they last, his ability to overcome adversity and losses and, you know, tough times. Is he going to have a short memory and be able to bounce back quickly after a loss? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo after a loss, after an interception would bounce back immediately. So, you know, that takes a little bit of mental strength and it's, you know, we haven't seen that part of Trey Lance yet. And he had the entire 2020 season off because of COVID. He was an opt out. So he's up for playing a lot more football than he has done in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how he matures and takes on that responsibility. But from what I'm hearing from in the building, he is completely mature, ready, smart guy knows and is like a sponge around everybody that's in the building. So I would think that it wouldn't be anything too terrible, but there's going to be some growing pains, of course, coming into the NFL. Jennifer, great stuff. We appreciate it. No problem. You guys have a good night. There she is. Jennifer Lee Chan, 49ers beat reporter, NBC Sports, Bay Area. It's the Nightcap on VC. Ice cold beers, cold hard catch. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 over over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. You know what I love about working here at the Circa? I was going to say, man, my man over here getting VIP treatment during the breaks. Yeah. Just saying, oh, just, you know, franchise going to go get my coffee real I got quick. franchise hooking it up, you know. <laughs> He's sipping on a, a, a soda water with a lime in it and stuff. I got I'm, vacation coming up. I got to look, mean, I got to look svelte for the uh, I hope you're taking care of these people. Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. No, they're the best here. It's always, it's, it's so great uh, to get to know people who work here at Circa and uh, and uh, they take care of you, which is awesome. So, uh, by the way, one out away in the bottom of the ninth inning, Oof. American lead leading three to two against the National League. So, uh, right now, it's looking very underrific as uh, Jake Cronenworth at the plate for uh, for the National League. The San Diego Padre now down to his final strike. Total set at seven and a half. First. Mm-hmm. The first five over hit as five runs were scored, and uh, now we sit no runs since the fourth inning, Femi, and we had two in the first from the NL. All three in the fourth came uh, uh, for the American League, so uh, really only two runs, two innings of uh, of action, so to speak. So yeah. a little plus money action for the folks who bet the American League here at Circa. Plus 107 mm-hmm. was the number. You saw some minus 105 over at other and shops there as well. It is as, over. Yeah, that does it. American League wins 3-2. to two. The under cashes. The American League, as you mentioned, yeah. wins your first five, wins your full game. Uh, so the American League gets it done. And the under, um, I don't know, relatively sweat-proof. It kind of was. I mean, yeah. after that little outburst from the American League. I guess there was a little sweat. Um, I mean, it was 3-2 to two in the fourth, so I guess there was a little bit of a sweat. Do you think Stanton MVP? That, I would think so. That's what we're thinking? Yeah, Stanton MVP is probably, that was plus 950 Yeah, before 
This two run event, homer so. in the uh, in the fourth. Honestly, what they should do can't do this, but they should just give the MVP to the uh, American League bullpen. Eight yeah. innings, uh, they gave up one hit. Shane McClanahan gave up four hits in the first inning, and after that, the bullpen of the American League, which obviously was comprised of some starters, they went eight innings, one hit, no runs, and nine strikeouts for the American League bullpen. Lights out from uh, from the AL bullpen, and they get it done. The American League wins, and the under hits again. And uh, shouts to our guy, Scott Seidenberg. He walked in last mm-hmm. night and said he loved the under. It was eight. I went to go play it today. This is what happens. You, you, you're late to the party. I looked at the app, yeah. seven and a half. I was like, ah. Sometimes you're not late, though. I you know. know. Sometimes, sometimes the party's going, and there's still a whole lot of action left. Seven and a half still would have been uh, very, very comfortable to play the under. So uh, I decided to stay off. Scott Seidenberg, yeah. uh, the look ahead uh, with the victory. So well done, Scott. Great call. Uh, last night we mentioned on the show uh, Jared uh, Smith from Pixwise was uh, was in studio with us. Mm-hmm. He went with the Yurfy, and that did come home. <laughs> the yes run in the first inning. So you know, three to two, the final. It's normal to have a little bit of a bet regret, but you know it's all good. There's always tomorrow. Tomorrow there's a pretty big menu <laughs> for the betting public for you to get this one back. So <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know what I'll be betting on. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some WNBA. Action. I think there's one WNBA game. Well, so this is my gripe, and it's always been a gripe of mine. You know, whether it's is the MLS going on right now? I mean, I'm I pretty sure the season's going on. I don't know if they're like during a break or whatever. Why but. leagues like the WNBA and the MLS haven't decided that the Wednesday after the All-Star game is their day? Take like, over. Like, make it their Super Bowl. Like, nothing else is going on. We dominate games all day, you know? Um, but, you know, we can sit back. Can we, can we bet on the ESPYs? I don't know that's going on. I'm sure somewhere you can. Will, I don't know if it's an illegal book. Will Steph Curry get smacked in the face like Chris Rock did at the Oscars? I, I would think that's a heavy yeah. underdog, but you yeah. never know. Um, I'd but, say the no is about a minus a million <laughs> on that one. No MLS until Saturday. I mean, come on, MLS. What yeah. are you doing? And they got a full slate Saturday figure for you it to out. bet on. I've said that no this, MLS. this has been my thing. Like, figure it out. I would watch some. Like During the pandemic, when they went down to the bubble, they did the oh, yeah. bubble. I watched some MLS yeah. action. I was getting into it. My Seattle Sounders are a really good, uh, really good team there in the MLS. So tomorrow's WNBA action, we get the Storm against the Sky. This is at 9 a.m. according to the odds board here. Sure. Seattle Storm, three-point dogs. What, of course. What? Yeah. A noon Eastern game. That seems to make a ton of sense on a Wednesday. <laughs> on a Wednesday. <laughs> Some people, yeah. I, they just, they don't learn. Yeah. All right, American League, wow, look at that. The American League has now won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight, nine straight. All-Star games. They win tonight That's three crazy. to two, and you know, based off of tonight's odds, the under has cashed, or under seven and a half, I don't know what the total was in all of these games, mm. but under seven and a half, as we mentioned this last night, Femi, has come home now in five of the last six all-star games. Um, so the American League gets it done tonight. They win 3-2. to two. Uh, We will see who the MVP is. My gut would tell me it is Giancarlo Stanton with the two-run homer in the uh, fourth inning, but who, who knows? It, it's interesting because I'm sure a lot of folks probably look at it like, oh, well, maybe early on it'll start slow because those are the starters, the guys who have been the best pitchers in their respective leagues. But we're starting to see is that early on, maybe these guys aren't in rhythm just yet, and these batters that are playing in those first few innings are the best of the best. To where maybe it tails off late. So the people who bet 
over early, under late, obviously, congratulations to you. But just that maybe something to keep in mind next year. And I'm sure the books will start to adjust. The market will adjust because these things, these trends tend to uh, find an end, uh, what have you. But it's almost as if early on, maybe that's the time to strike on the overs. And then for the full games, the unders, because these bullpens, like you mentioned during the break, they're just so good. Dominant. And unhittable. And then you get, you know, the guys coming off the bench. They're not used to coming off the yeah. bench. Uh, they're, they're cold. They're not, the, they're not the typical, you know, ace all-stars. Some of them were kind of the forced all-stars. Um, and uh, as speaking uh, of Jared Smith points out on Twitter, unders now 13-3 and three in the last 16 All-Star games. Wow. And the American League in the last 25 All-Star games, 21-3. And that that tie back in, uh, what was that, 2003? Who could forget that? Yeah, uh, over in, uh, in Milwaukee. But wow, what a... Uh, what a run, and uh, the trend continues on unders. Bob Nightingale just tweeted that John Carlos Stanton is on the field to collect his MVP trophy. Plus 950. So it looks like uh, Mr. Stanton will indeed bring it on home. Plus 950. Two-run homer for the New York Yankee uh, to get you the all-star MVP if, in fact, you decided to bet that. So once again, the American League gets the victory. They're ninth in a row, 21st in 25 years. They've only lost three times in the last two and a half decades, and the under comes home for the 13th time in the last 16 All-Star games. Three to two, your final score. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it was a, it was a well-played game. The bullpens really kind of shut things down, turned the lights out, and I guess you would wish for a little bit more fireworks from an All-Star game, but what can you do when those guys are pitching like that? Well, and I'll say this. Um, I think, you know, being here in studio, usually we don't miss out on a lot of the, the best parts because we got the games on. Apparently, yeah. the best part was the fact that all these guys were mic'd up. Everyone's <laughs> raving over yeah. uh, different players. Uh, uh, Aaron Oster, our producer, was showing us when uh, Manoa came in the game. Uh, he asked John Smoltz what pitch he should throw. <laughs> he said, what did he say? Back foot slider? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he hit and he hit him in the foot. I think he called him sexy too. Right? Yeah, he's like, ooh, that's a sexy pitch. Uh, yeah, so three to two, the final score. Uh, as the American League gets it done, the under comes home, and uh, they continue to cruise. The American League does, winning nine in a row. They were a dog tonight, plus one hundred seven here at Circa, but it uh, it comes home. They come back. They win three to two. They score three runs in that top of the fourth. Two homers. Byron Buxton followed up. John Carlos Stanton's two-run homer as he is expected to get the All-Star Game MVP. We only got about a minute left uh, just coming off of uh, Jennifer Lee Chan's conversation. Anything you grabbed from that, you know, hearing her talk about how much belief there seems to be within that um, organization, within their, you know, uh, building there in Trey Lance, does it change your mind at all on, on what to expect from the 49ers? I thought it was interesting when she brought up that the Niners are not necessarily going to tailor the entire offense to Trey Lance because they said that we know he's mobile. We know that he can run. We want to maybe work on the pocket passing type of things. And maybe from a game-to-game standpoint, that's not as great as what you really want to hear. For the long run, it's probably what you want to hear because if Trey Lance can become a good pocket passer, in addition to what he can do on the ground, he's going to be a better quarterback. But I think from a betting standpoint and trying to lay points with a Trey Lance, like for perhaps maybe in week one, it might just get off to a rocky start based off of the inexperience of what he hasn't done over the last couple of years, which is play football in a consistent manner. San Francisco 
in week one is laying six and a half on the road at Chicago. Guys played three games in three years. It is the Bears. It is the Bears. It is the Bears. (laughs) American League wins three to two. John Carlos Stanton, your MVP. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only 19 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Hey, that's this month. Sign up today and you'll get our VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, NASCAR, if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19. Be a subscriber through the end of the month. Sign up now, vcin.com slash summer. Alongside, I almost said Sean King. Femi Abebefe. <laughs> I am not a former quarterback. You are not the former uh, Buccaneers quarterback who I believe at, at his peak had a matting rating in the 80s and then dropped considerably. Uh, we did a mm. whole bit on it. Uh, do, that, we, do we watch the tape? Did it, was, that, was that a correct move or was that a, um, Maybe we'll have to have Sean. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have, I, gave, we'll I gave him some crap about it. Uh, I think they did a bit on it this morning on, <laughs> on Follow the Money. Uh, Sean was filling in for the guys, and he'll be there the remainder of the week. We're going to talk some college football top of the hour. Uh, Todd Furman will be joining us uh, to chat about the the Pac-12. He has uh, most recently broke that down. You're a big Pac-12 guy, yep. being from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, interesting year uh, in that division, or in that conference, I should say, as they got rid of divisions. Yes. I just thought it was a smart move. Uh, I like that uh, no more divisions in that conference. But uh, we will get to that top of the hour. A lot of college football. If you're looking for college football, we'll do that in the next hour. Just to, to quick reset here, uh, the American League wins the All-Star Game 3-2. to two. John Carlos Stanton indeed won the MVP, a two-run homer in the top of the fourth inning. So John Carlos Stanton brings it on home uh, at, what, plus 950? Plus 950, was, yes. uh, was the odds before uh, tonight at DraftKings, and uh, the under comes home. The first, first five over hits, but then full game under hits. Uh, so like you said, Femi, you could have uh, dabbled a little both, gone over first five, under full game, and uh, and then and the Yurfi came home. Too. The Yurfi, <laughs> yes, run first inning, quick hitter, did come home. It was uh, Paul Goldschmidt 
Uh, he didn't drive in the first run. I believe Mookie Betts drove in the yes. first run, but Paul Goldschmidt went yard in the bottom of the first. Shane McClanahan uh, gave up four hits, two runs, and that was it, uh, really. Uh, only one more hit for the National League the remainder of the game. How about this, though? Uh, Tony Gonsolin, undefeated this season for the Dodgers. He gets the loss tonight. Gosh. Funny how that works. That's... <laughs> The National League bugaboo. Yeah, apparently, twenty-one, <laughs> three, and one. The last decade. twenty-five games for the uh, for the American League, or sorry, for the, yeah, for the American League, nine straight, as you're alluding to. Mm. Basically, a decade because we didn't have an All-Star game a couple years ago uh, because of the shortened COVID season. So, um, you know, just kind of putting a bow on. We we, we talked a lot on the 49ers. I, I want to say. You know, nothing really that you and I are, are racing to the window for. Nothing no. yet in the in the NFC West. There, there's been a couple divisions as we've talked things out. I'm like, ooh, I like that. You know, I like the Saints win total over. Um, you know, we talked NFC East. I was I was in on the uh, Eagles prior, uh, but I, you know, sorry, yeah. like the under a little bit on your Cowboys. There. No, I, I I don't know if I would bet the under on the Cowboys. I think the schedule favors. Uh, it's pretty favorable. Yeah. But I do think the Eagles are probably going to win the division. It pains me to say that because I really do not like the Philadelphia Eagles. But <laughs> I, I think the Eagles can be a dark horse Super Bowl kind of team. I've already bet the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I found a fifty wow. to one. Yeah, 50, fifty to one okay. on Philly to win the Super Bowl, and just a little over twenty to one here at Circuit to win the NFC. Just because I think that their schedule very favorable. A lot of the NFC East teams have favorable schedules, and they just have so much on the offensive and defensive line to where Jalen Hurts just is adequate yep what they did getting aj brown out there they can be an explosive offense and i love that nick sirianni adjusted mid-season last year that to me shows you a sign of a good head coach so the fact that they started out passing way too much they said let's get back to running the football and then they end up leading the league and rushing with what they were able to do on the ground so i think the adjustments that they can make as a coaching staff coupled with the players that they have it's a very analytically uh driven organization to where I think that the Eagles can be really good and, and fly high, unfortunately, here in 2022. And, and what they're trying to do is, is really kind of the model that the uh, Seahawks perfected, right? Yep. They've got an opportunity with a quarterback who's making less than a million dollars this year, and they're just putting talent everywhere. And if Jalen Hurts succeeds, and to your point, is adequate, you know, they, they should, with all that talent, you know, be really strong. One of the best offensive lines in football. Mm -hmm. They go out to get Jordan Davis. Remember, they jumped the Ravens. It was thought that the Ravens might get Jordan Davis from yeah. Georgia. They jumped up the 13. They grab him. They get James Bradbury when he's, you know, a cap casualty there by the Philadelphia or by the New York Giants. So you've got, you know, one cornerback. You got, you know, Darius Slay on the other side. You've got James Bradbury. Hassan Reddick comes in. Uh, what is N'Kobe Dean? Why did he drop? Maybe there was a reason he did, or maybe it was an overreaction, and they are able mm -hmm. to scoop up a complete sleeper in N'Kobe Dean in the third round. So yeah, I I'm in on the Eagles at plus two seventy five. Uh, you know th that number, unfortunately, is is long gone to win the division. But uh, like you said, it's it's intriguing uh, to look at them. You know, as a, as a longer shot play. I mean, where's the tough stretch in this schedule when you look at it? It doesn't really exist. I mean, you have at Colts, host Packers, week 11 and 12. So those are two tough back-to-back -to -back games. But there's no three to four game stretch of like, oh, my goodness, 
one and three, they would take that right now. Because, I mean, you start the year off at Detroit. I know there are people who are high on the Detroit Lions, um, a lot of the analytics community there. Uh, and I like Dan Campbell. I like what they're building in Detroit, but I think it's probably too much too soon. To where I feel like there's a reason why they're four, four-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. So you're at Detroit, hosting Minnesota. Minnesota, some people are bullish on them. Eagles, though, are favorite. I think that could end up being three by the time we get there. At Washington, they'll be a short favorite. Hosting Jacksonville and Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia – I mean, that could be 3-1, and 4-0, and oh, just to start off right there. Who knows what Arizona's doing by week six or whenever that game is. I believe week five or week six. Um, it's, it's a favorable schedule. I would say this, that the one thing that's a little interesting is, and Warren Sharp always does a really good job of breaking this down. He, he's a big proponent of rest, mm-hmm. the rest advantage. And he said the Eagles have short road games Four times this year. This year they have four short week road games. Week three in Washington off of a Monday nighter in week two. Could be tricky. Week nine in Houston on a Thursday night after a week eight Sunday game. Week 11 in Indianapolis. That's coming off a Monday nighter. And then week 16 in Dallas on Saturday coming off of a Mm. week 15 Sunday game. So, you know, once again, if you just break down the schedule strength of the Eagles, it's top five easiest in the league. And as you mentioned, the NFC East, because of the crossover component that they have, getting the NFC South this year is so beneficial because you get the Texans and you get the Jaguars, obviously. uh, And the market is not super high on the Tennessee Titans either. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, based off of win totals, I think three of the top, I want to say based off of win totals per, you know, as Warren Sharp, uh, uh, you know, put it all together, I think it's Giants have the easiest uh, commanders are two or three, and I think the Eagles are like five or six in the easiest, and then the Cowboys are not too far behind. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it all plays out there. Um, but, yeah, certainly um, uh, interesting uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a little nervous. It feels like they're that trendy team, though, as they I are. mentioned, that, and I, I hate that. They've La- become that. Last year it was the Washington Commanders, a team that I loved fading. Uh, not all season, just I thought their win total was too high. Mm-hmm. You know, is is – Philadelphia, maybe that darling that maybe too many people are buying in on, and uh, you know we will see. So um, I do want to hit on this. I, I think they talked about it this morning. Uh, the matting ratings have become all the rage yeah. uh, in uh, in in the world of sports, and especially at the wide receiver position. So we got the graphic up uh, of the top fifteen wide receivers according to Madden, based off of their ratings. Um, there's a name that's missing. Where is, uh, where's Jamar chase? It's a great question. I, <laughs> Apparently he's not playing football. He's opted out like he did at LSU. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I would like to know where he is <laughs> because I would take him over, um, uh, a lot of those guys. I, here's what I'll say about Jamar chase outside of Devonte Adams and maybe Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's a receiver in the NFL that I take over chase. And that's even including Cooper cup. If you ask me which receiver I want today, I would take Jamar Chase over Cooper Cup. Just because Chase, I think what he's able to do from a big play standpoint, I mean, 18 yards per catch this season here. He was a rookie, 1,400 receiving yards. That performance he had against Kansas City in week, I believe it was 17, I believe that was, second to last week of the season. It was insane that locked him up on the offensive rookie of the year to where I've already bet on Jamar Chase to win offensive player of the year at 30 to 1 because I think that he has that momentum off of that rookie season. He's Joe Burrow's favorite target. And also he has help around him as well at the receiver position to where the defense can't just bracket him and double him every single week. You have to worry about T. Higgins. You got to worry about Tyler Boyd as well. So Chase, to me, I think by the end of the season, 
will be known as the best wide receiver in football, in my opinion. Wow. All right, so, Jonathan Taylor right now at DraftKings is the co-favorite with yep. Debo Samuel. Cooper Cup at 12-1. to He won this award last year. Derrick Henry at 14-1. to Josh Allen at 18-1. to Devontae Adams at 18-1. to Nick Chubb at 20-1. to Justin Jefferson at 20-1. to And you've got a couple... Uh, uh, quarterbacks, Lamar, Joe Burrow. I don't understand why the quarterbacks are there. This is not a quarterback award. I like that bet. 30 to 1 on Jamar Chase. I like it. One. I like it. It's a good play. We're going to be doing the gritty to the betting window there as we cast that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, they'll be dancing in Los Angeles. They've got a new coach they're pretty excited about. We preview the Pac 12 with Todd Furman next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.